This is the Adam Crowley Show. To pick against the Steelers is a sin. It's a sin that's written in the Bible. Don't you understand? On ESPN Pittsburgh <laughs> and the iHeartRadio app. You found the Crowley Show. Where Tom can't hit the buttons, so maybe you should apply and then you could. 412-922. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. 412 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we doing radio. Up in here. We're giving away concert tickets. We are. All you got to do to win your concert tickets, to win these concert tickets, is dial that number, 412-922-2874. It's a four-pack of tickets to see the Dead Daisies featuring members of Whitesnake, Bad English, Thin Lizzy, Journey, Motley Crue, along with Guns N' Roses member Dizzy Reed and some very special guests for a night of 70s-style rock this Wednesday night. The 29th at Jurgles Rhythm Grill in Warrendale. The way to get tickets is to call us up and give us your best impression. That's it. That's all I need. Your best impression of anything, anybody. And if yours is better than the other guys, we'll give you a four-pack of tickets. 412-922-2874. We had another caller, Tom. Same guy. Tell me I'm immature. No, no one answered. Hmm. Spooky. Yeah, weird. It's like a ghost. Hmm. I don't like that. I don't like it either. I don't like that. Maybe, he's doing, a, maybe he's doing a ghost impression, huh? Oh, whoa! Well, that's leader then, right now. Deep right now. Were we talking about the Halloween thing on the show last week, or was that off the that air? That was off the air. That was off the air. Yeah. Okay, because I was at the mall to try to figure stuff out with my phone, which is a disaster. And we walked by a Halloween store. Yeah, the pop up Halloween store. Not even September yet. August twenty sixth. It was. And well, how about that? That's pretty good. Halloween we gonna, store. We gonna get costumes. So Leanna says, my wife. Oh my god, a Halloween store. So we have to go in there before we leave. She said, Why? I said cheese teas. Nice. Good call, I mean, Adam. Can can I rent from there, I wonder? Well, wait, I've I've noticed you didn't come in today with anything for the cheese. It's because I have to go back to the mall tonight to take care of some phone related issues. Are you gonna grab something out of the Halloween store? Probably not. Let's go to Wes. He's next up on the Crowley <sighs> show. Hello, Wes. Who you got? I'm doing the macho man Randy Savage. Let's yeah! hear it, baby. Oh, yeah, it's time to freak out, freak out. The macho man is here on the Idle Crowley Show. Elizabeth, hold my drink. Why don't you let me tell you something, brother? There ain't nothing more I want to see. This is 70s rock legends. Oh, yeah, but there's another thing you guys need to understand. I'm going to put my tag team partner, the immortal way himself, out here. Come here, hoaxer. Oh, let me tell you something, Adam. You see, when I was at the Pontiac so we're done back in 1987. Body slamming Andre the Giant. There's one thing more I ever wanted, and that was to be in the Adam Crowley show with you, my brother, and all my Hulkamaniacs around the world. And there ain't no one else gonna win this contest more than the Mega Powers. So what you gonna do? Adam Crowley with Hulkamania and the Macho Man. Ooh, yeah. Run wild on you. Yeah! Wolf? <laughs> ah! Was that Wolf? 
No, that was some badass WWF action. Not EF. That's badass. I think that was Wolf trying to do Macho Man. Appreciate the call, Wes. I think we had a new leader in the clubhouse there. Most definitely. 412-922-2874 for your chance <laughs> to win a four-pack of tickets to the Dead Daisies on Wednesday at Jurgle's Rhythm Grill. Okay, if I could just go a little deeper on that call. Not only was his accuracy astonishing, but he threw two of them in there. He not only, he threw Hulk Hogan in there. He threw Randy Macho Man. He made Elizabeth hold his drink. Big fan of that call. Do we have anybody who's got a more current impression Dude, to do? Hulk I mean, Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage are always current. I, I will agree. I don't care who you are. I will agree with that. But we had Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Savage. And then the other impression we got was Pimey Flippin' Herman. I and mean, we can do better than that, Crowley Show. We can do better than that, Snowflakes. 412-922-2874. Give me an impression. Why are you crapping all over my childhood? I'm better than that. Wes crushed that. Wes was good. I want something younger. Like a Goku. What do you want, Rugrats? SpongeBob? <laughs> that was Goku making love. Who the hell's Goku? You know who Goku is? No. You know who Goku is, who? right? Goku. Do it again. One Dragon Ball Z. Let me hear you. Oh, yeah. that You don't know who Goku is, Brian? <laughs> no. It's clear as day right there. I'm sorry. I'm not up on my Japanese cartoons that happen to make it over to America. What's popular these days? I could do I, uh, I could do Game of Thrones. Can you? Okay. I can. Yeah, I got go. one in Game yeah. of Thrones. It is... The guy who dies. What the hell is his name? Oh no, yeah, that helps. Uh, yeah, we're not. We can't. I help. know. I'm trying to. I'm just trying to <laughs> think. Of, it's the hound. The hound. Oh, okay. Did he die? No. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. Kill me! <laughs> Kill me! <laughs> Kill me! That's not bad. Hold on. Here comes the dragon. <laughs> I drink and I know things. Oh, I'm Daenerys Targaryen. Look how hot I am. I should take my shirt off more. She doesn't say that. Oh. That doesn't sound like she <laughs> said that. Although if J.R.R. Tolkien wrote the line, she would say that. <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien. Did I just combine? <laughs> I did. No, you're right. No, no that's, spo- that's spot on. No, yeah, no, you're right. No, I'm not. It's George R.R. R. Martin. And... J.R.R. Tolkien. Tolkien. I know, I combined them. Two different people can have two R's. I combined them! No, you didn't. No, you did not. That is a different person. You said said J.R.R. Tolkien. That is correct. There's two R's in Tolkien? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I thought it was just Tolkien. There's two R's before Tolkien? Are there double R's before Tolkien and double R's before Martin? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned to the Adam Crowley Show. This would be a good time to point out the educational value of going to West Virginia University and all the wonderful reading you'll do while you're here. Did you just think it was J.R. Tolkien? <laughs> yes. Who shot J.R. Tolkien? Wow. Junior Tolkien. That's what I thought it was. Uh, I really thought, and then I looked at both you guys like you were crazy. No, no, I got it right, but because I got it wrong. You're not a fan. You're not. To be fair, you're not. Other than Game of Thrones, you're not really a fantasy guy, right? 
I mean, well, right, other than Harry, no, actually, you are. Yeah, you Princess Leia in the gold bikini. You should have got. You should have gotten that. Star Wars doesn't count as fantasy, though, does it? No, nah, that'd be science fiction. Written by George R. R. Lucas. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it is. Steven R. R. Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I think the Steelers' offense, much like <laughs> me in this segment, is going to come slow out of the gate in 2018. The question is, will the defense be good enough to stem the tide? I have my doubts. Here's why I think the offense will come out slow. Numero uno came out slow last year. First eight games of the season, the Steelers averaged 21 points a game. That is nine points off their stated goal. That is nine points off of what would have been the top offense in the league. That's three touchdowns a game. That's nothing. That's not enough. Not with the defense the way that it played at the end of the season. Now, when the defense did play better or worse at the end of the season, the Steelers' offense played better. Is it that much to ask for some consistency? Fantasy writers are consistent in that they have double R's in their name. I need the Steelers' defense to be consistent and the Steelers' offense to be consistent at the same time, please, in 2018. But I do think the offense is going to come out slow. Le'Veon Bell is late again. Vance, Jesse James, and Grimble all hurt. James Washington hurt. The first eight games of the season last year, Steelers were slow out of the gate. I don't know why I would think that they're going to be better this year. A lot of moving parts. Last year you had Martavis Bryan, who was coming off his hiatus. You had Juju Smith-Schuster, who was the youngest player in the league. You had... Ben Roethlisberger, who was banged up visibly during camp and just never looked like he got it going in the early portion of the season. That's the reason why they didn't start off well last year. This year, though, all those injuries means that Vance hasn't been able to be worked into the offense. James McDonald, pardon me, James Washington, James McDonald, Pirates reference. James Washington hasn't gotten enough reps with Ben Roethlisberger. I think it's going to take some time to work these guys in. It's going to take time to work Le'Veon back in. The hope is, I think, that James Conner can be your bell cow-ish in Game 1. That's not the right phrasing. Le'Veon's going to be the guy, but you hope he can give you some productive carries. But I've got my questions. I don't know if I think that they'll be able to be that good right out the shoot. I saw somebody who works for the station across the street tweet during the game. Steelers should have the best offense in the league. They should put up the best numbers in the league. Yeah, but you can't look at things like that in a vacuum. They should, but they didn't last year. Why would I expect them to do it to start the year this year? We keep saying it. Two years ago, the final seven games of the season, Le'Veon Bell averaged 147 rushing yards a game, and the Steelers' scoring average went up. Last year, second half of the season, the Steelers' scoring average was around 30 points a game. but yet they still started out slow. They've done well in the second halves of the last couple of seasons, and they've still come out the next year and not played well from the start. Be prepared for that to happen. And if it does, and the Steelers start off something like 5-3, and three, just remember the second part of their schedule. The back half of their schedule is a bear. They've got the Saints on the road. They've got the Jags on the road. They've got the Patriots, and they've got the Panthers. It ain't going to be easy. Coming up next... We're joined by Mark R. R. Kabali from The Athletic. Let's talk about the Steelers. It's a Crowley Show. Sir. The Adam Crowley Show. Making my way downtown, walking fast, faces passing, I'm homebound. Should I go lower? Staring blankly ahead, just making my way, making a way through the crowd. On ESPN Pittsburgh. 
Steelers made a trade today. They also look much better on defense on Saturday than they did the previous Thursday. Joining us now to discuss our friend from The Athletic, the big Mark Caboli. Mark! Hello. What's up, Adam? Mark, before we get into any of the nuts and bolts about the Steelers' defense and start looking ahead to the regular season, the Tennessee Titans uniforms, yay or nay? Nah, you know, I don't like them. I mean, put it this way, though. They're better than what they had. What they had was awful. Whoa. And now, I didn't like the ones they had before, the powder blue ones. These oh. ones they have now just look like a run-of-the-mill stock thing that you see. I, I mentioned uh, they look like the Seattle Seahawks road uniforms. Go back to the old Houston Oiler ones. That's the way I want to see it. I don't like I mean, they're boring. There's nothing to it. But I guess they're better. I'm okay with boring. I'm okay with boring. I think boring makes for the best uniforms. I think that's why the Steelers and the Packers and the Giants and the Colts are all very good. You like the Colts white on white. Yes, I do. Uh, Well, see, I like the Titans white helmets, and they're gone. So they they didn't confer with you before they made the change? Good point by you. Mark Caballi joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Mark, the first-team defense, much more encouraging now that they had nine of their 11 starters playing. No? Yeah, I mean, encouraging is probably a good word, but you probably still can't read a ton of into it. If you're not going to read a ton into uh, other preseason games, I don't think I think you got to limit what you you know the, the praise on these guys as well, because you know, five minutes into the game, if Mariota throws a ball a little bit higher, and all of a sudden you're giving up seven points midway through the first yep. quarter on an 80-yard play, and all of a sudden things change a little bit. But there's things that, that you have to say that you liked and. One of them was, I would say, is you know, Tennessee Titans are a pretty powerful run team. They got a good offensive line, power running back, and uh, that seemed to give them fits last year at times against Jacksonville, and they were able to limit that pretty significantly. So little things like that, but I don't think that automatically translates into week one in Cleveland and say, oh, all of a sudden this team's good. I mean, they played a half, and they screwed up a couple times, and they made a mistake. But, you, but you know, at least it's a good taste in your mouth a little bit right now moving forward in certain positions, like like the defensive line. I thought played extremely well, and uh, I thought the outside linebackers played decent as well. So I guess it could be much worse, but uh, I wouldn't read a ton into it, just like on the flip side. Well, Mark, Stefan Tewitt, I thought, was the best player on the field. If he's back, if he can be that guy, if he's not hampered by the injuries, I don't worry so much about teams being able to run the ball. Uh, and I think he can change the entire complexion of this defense if he can be the guy similar to what Cam Hayward did last year. And yeah, it's funny how he all of a sudden flashes when Cam Hayward returns, huh? No kidding. I mean, uh, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's on. That's a very important thing to to think about right there but yeah you know last year coming in last year i was figuring that that step i was high on step onto it i thought this is a guy that might be getting ready to take the step past cam hayward and of course he played the entire season with a torn bicep so that went away but yeah he's a he's a dominant guy and and you can't leave out javon hargrave who i mean people thought that maybe he was in the doghouse because mccullough's got to start and First team, no. I mean, Hargrave is an absolute beast this year, and those three out front are going to cause problems. So if those guys can play like they did against the Titans, all three of them, and even you know with 
Tyson Alualu, and I think they're on the right. They're going to need good defensive line play to help protect some of the inside linebacker. And you're saying, Josh, John Bostic, you're going to have to keep. I mean, this is what any linebacker and any defensive line, if you keep the offensive linemen off the second level to the keeping their hands off the inside linebackers, inside linebackers make plays. If they get out there and get their hands on them, no inside linebackers are going to make plays. And uh, I think it's quite important moving forward with this defense. Mark, I want to see the Steelers use more one inside linebacker sets, and we saw the Steelers have three inside linebackers out there at times against Tennessee. Uh, we saw Matthews in the, or yeah, Matthew Thomas, pardon me, in the middle. Uh, we saw Bostic and Vince Williams on the outside with Bud Dupree with his hand in the dirt. I wonder how much we'll see of that in the regular season, and I wonder if the personnel changes if Morgan Burnett's healthy, if maybe he's one of those guys, or maybe Morgan Burnett is your safety deep, and you've got Terrell Edmonds in there. How do you see that working? Options. There's options all over the place. There, just as you said right there. I'm not even. You're talking about personnel, and I'm even talking about scheme options right now. I mean, you could talk about the dollar and the penny and the Seminole, what they had with Matthew Thomas. But all it is is, I'm not expecting to see a ton of this during the regular season. I think they'll unveil it or unleash it specifically to certain teams, certain personnel, certain – I mean, if you have Rob Gronkowski, you, you want somebody like Morgan Burnett and some hybrid linebacker covering him. If you got four wides and Drew Brees, you want seven defensive – six defensive backs. I think that's just what they're doing right now, giving themselves options to be able to match up with basically anything they see. But – I don't think that means that they're just going to, you know, get away from the 3-4 three, or the 4-3. No, I don't think so either. Whatever I think it's just a bunch of options. I think I like it. I mean, you just have to wonder if they pull it out in certain situations where they haven't used it all season and all of a sudden there could be some communication there. When does it get to be too much? So that's that's so great because I, I wondered the same thing. Do you worry about that they're if you're a fan or if you're the coaching staff – that they're doing too much given their propensity for miscommunication that was plaguing them last year. Nah, because I don't think they're going to use it that much to be able to put themselves in that position. Say if like they are going to play somebody like uh, New England, and they know they're going to use more of that dollar scheme with a hybrid linebacker, there's going to be more practice time with that leading up to the game, so you would imagine that there wouldn't be that much communication issues. So I think that's the key there i mean i like it i mean i like the theory behind it you can't always change your personnel because you're pretty locked in in the nfl and who you got but you sure can change the scheme and have guys who can do multiple things and i think that's the approach i have i always thought about two years ago when they're in new england keith butler said you know what our best chance is just to put rush three defensive guys drop eight in the coverage and hope tom brady pick doesn't pick us apart but guess what I'm pretty sure he's going to pick us apart, but still, that's the only thing we can do. Now they got options, and I think that's where it's all about what they're doing here. Mark Aboli from The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show. Matikiewicz, the last inside linebacker to get work. Do you read into that? No, I think he's on the team regardless. I, I'm not saying he's getting cut, but I don't think we're going to see him at all in the defense this year unless things go horrifically wrong. No, I think you're... I mean, before they would even go to Matikiewicz, I think they would do some more of the hybrid type of stuff. He just he hasn't really had that season. I mean, last year he had some 
in training camp, you saw that he showed flashes of, hey, this guy might not be that bad. This year, he really hasn't shown anything. It's a guy like L.J. Fort has been shown a little bit more than Manikavich. I think you have to keep him on the roster and keep him, you know, in the game plan to speak so just in case something happened like that. I'm not saying another Shazier happens, but if somebody gets hurt, you're not totally scrambling for somebody. But, yeah, I think he's pretty much proven that he's a, a bit player and a guy that's pretty decent on special teams, but nothing more than that. Which outside linebackers do you think are going to make the team? Who, uh, we know we know who's Dupree and Watt, and I think Chicolo, obviously, because he's a backup there. I think they keep on Keon Adams just because he has potential and they like him, and Chicolo might be gone next year. I think that leaves you down to potentially who the fifth guy is. If there is a fifth guy, there would be between a Danny and Huguenin, I think at this point, I think Huguenin might have a little bit of the edge. Oh, I love Ola. He can play it. I can love him. He can love him on the practice squad as well. It's not like people are going to be beating down a 20-year-old undrafted free agent rookie who's played about 20 snaps in preseason games and put him on the 53-man now. So I think he'll be eligible to go on the practice squad. Mark, what are your thoughts on the Switzer trade? Uh, man, I don't know. I mean, obviously they want it. It's quite obvious they don't want Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster returning any kind of punt. They were hoping, you know, Justin Thomas, Quadri Henderson was able to do that. You get him for a fifth-round pick, that's kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he fills the role of the sixth receiver, Marcus Tucker out. He can fill the role of uh, the kick and punt return. This is a guy that I guess he has explosiveness, but – you know, he had the 83-yard punt return last year, but you, you removed that, and I think he had 170 yards of punt return yards on 28 returns. That's like six yards of punt return. It's just, there's a reason why he's on three different teams in 130 days. Oh, no doubt about like, it. It, it, it tells you what they think there. about Cam Sutton doing it, though. Yeah, I mean, well, Tomlin never likes the defensive guys returning punts or kicks. I mean, you might have to go all the way back to 07 with Alan Rossum. They traded for him very similar time of the year. A defensive back to be able to return kicks and punts. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. But, you know, for the past, how many years have they been trying to find this guy? Jacoby Jones, Alan Rossum, Ryan Switzer, so... Well, expensive with the fifth round pick, but I assume that they got something in mind to be able to get that fifth round pick. They don't just give fifth round picks away. That's very important to them. So they're pretty much, I think, sure that they could somehow make a move maybe in the next week or so to be able to replenish that fifth Josh round pick. Josh Dobbs? Uh, I'm thinking more like maybe Cody Sensible, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. You're looking at a guy who's not bad. He's a veteran. You can use some veteran leadership, play multiple positions, and he really doesn't fit in in the top three here with the Steelers. Why not move him, save some money, and get a fifth rounder back? But it could be Dobbs. I mean, it definitely could be, but I don't know if Dobbs is worth a fifth round pick to anybody, you know, to be honest with you, because the Steelers know, teams know they're just going to cut him. You know, they're they know they're going to cut him, and if you know, they could pick him up off the waiver. So uh, I would say Sensible is the most Stephen attractive piece out there. Aaron Ridley is another one. I mean, you could have signed him in the offseason if you wanted him. Nobody wanted him, so That's he came true. back here. Who do you think's making the roster at running back? James Conner, Jalen Samuel is now a lock? 
Yeah, I think Jalen Samuels in there. I think that you got the four. Bell, Connor, Samuels, and Roosevelt Knicks. I don't think they'll keep uh, Ridley right now. I think Samuels. I mean, Tomlin's been in love with him since day one, and if he showed anything of anything, he was going to keep him because that's how much he liked him, and he showed enough against Tennessee, in my opinion, to keep him. Um, Le'Veon, they have a roster exemption for him until. You know, until he plays, basically, week one or two. So they can keep actually 54 people. So I don't think they would keep a guy like Ridley around just to cut him on, you know, next Saturday or certain whatever it would be. So I think they'll keep four there. I said earlier on in the program, Mark, that the Steelers need to have Terrell Edmonds on the field. I mean, I've been so impressed by that guy. Do you think that they see it the same way? Yeah, but where do you put him? That's the question. The only, the only possibility, and I talked to Keith Butler about this, and he says, hey, don't count this guy being on the field a lot. Then my next question is where? You don't want to take Morgan Burnett off because he's the short guy. With the, has the communication is not going to make minimal mistakes. can make the tackle. You're not going to take Sean Davis off because you rearrange your whole secondary so he could be the guy in center field to use his speed. Unless there's an injury, what do you got? You got a guy who can play slot. Now that's interesting, but he hasn't practiced there at all. Very little. And I would like to see, you know, if Edmonds has any chance to get on the field on a regular basis, I would think it's the nickel corner because he's, uh, he's probably just as talented as Mike Hilton, you know, coverage, rush, and all that stuff, but he's so much better than him and, you know, run, you know, run stopping abilities because Hilton's small and Edmonds is a beast. But how do you take Edmonds, how do you take Hilton off? He's been so good last year, so they'll, they'll find spots. And typically, you know, people will get banged up, and that usually works itself out like coach talk. I just did right there. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're going to have to find a spot for him. But what? in my unexpert opinion, that potential 80-yard touchdown pass the Titans had the other day that it was underthrown sure looked like Terrell Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds was out of position mm. and really didn't know where to go. That's what you want to avoid. At all costs, the Steelers aren't going to put up with stuff like that, so they'll err on the side of you know, veteran leadership and knowing what to do over a rookie to give up an 80-yard play, and you're down 7 to nothing four minutes into the game. Mark, appreciate it as always, man. Thanks for the time. You're so slappery today. What's up with that? We're going to slap around like, you. We'll slap around you, okay? It's almost like a normal show. I'm a little, a little disappointed. Well, we're about to do things that piss us off. You know what's really pissing me off? The return of summer. Last week, Tom was talking about cool breezes past his undercarriage. Today, I can smell Tom's undercarriage. Swamp ass is back. Pit stains are back. I thought I was done jacking up my air conditioning, but I was wrong. Someone needs to take summer out behind the shed and put one right between its eyes. I want to wear flannel every day. I want to drink pumpkin. I want to feel good about myself. And covering up as much skin as possible helps. But like Harry and Kingsman, summer can't be cured. It's funny, Adam. Mine kind of goes along the lines of you. I'm pissed off at birds chirping. 
Everybody loves birds chirping. Oh, it's such a beautiful day. The birds are chirping. No, they're making noise. It is a noise ordinance <laughs> violation when birds are chirping at 4.30 in the morning. I'm trying to sleep. I'm just trying to get my extra half hour so I can wake up at 5, watch Married with Children. But no, this damn bird. Tweet, tweet, tweet. This isn't Twitter, you a-hole. I'm going to get my shotgun out and blow your damn bird head off. You know what's really pissing me off lately? Big 12 football. I mean, I'm excited for college football season just like the next guy, but are we really going to go forward with this joke again this year? Hey. I mean, would you just give me a three and out one freaking time? It's called defense. This isn't high school football. You're going to want to make a tackle every once in a while. Whenever I see a final score from the Big 12, I can't tell if it's football or basketball. And no team outside of Oklahoma or Texas, of course, are even deserving of being called a big-time college football team that reside in the Big 12. You watch Married with Children at 5 in the morning? Every day. That's what I wake up. My alarm clock goes off. The TV is my alarm clock. And on comes... Oklahoma. Hey, 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 I'm done with you. Oklahoma State, by the way, (laughs) didn't have any problems scoring 59 points on a non-Big 12 defense against Pitt last year. You know what else they did in that game? They held Pitt to 21 points. They played defense. You know why you can't play defense in the Big 12? Because the offenses are so damn good. Mason Rudolph's a pro. Baker Mayfield went first overall. They've got some damn good players. All right, Tom? So you can suck it. I'm pissed off when people rip on the Big 12. I can't stand. They don't play defense. How many points did Georgia give up to Oklahoma in the playoff? Tell me. How many? I'll bleep ton. 45? Yeah. You want to know why? Oklahoma's offense is really stinking good. Is Georgia's defense bad? No. It was one of the top five in the country last year. But Oklahoma jammed it down their flibbing throats. I guarantee you Texas Tech throws it all over Ole Miss. I bet you West Virginia throws it all over Tennessee. I bet you TCU scores a bunch of points on Ohio State. Oh, give me a break. Get the hell out of here. So your defense to the Big 12 not playing any defense was one. Oklahoma State stopped the juggernaut that was Pitt's offense last year. I mean, did you miss the last 45 two, seconds? Did you miss the last two, 45 it seconds? it was that Oklahoma scored a lot of points and also allowed a lot of points to be scored against them. It's the fact that people say that scoring doesn't happen in outside of the Big 12. They don't play defense. Last time I checked, Bama gave up 40 points almost in the national championship game. A lot of teams give up points in college football because... The sport itself is designed to allow offenses to have more success with tempo and things of that nature. Oh, they don't play defense. They play defense. It's just hard when week in and week out you've got the best quarterbacks and the best wide receivers in the country going up against you. I mean, it's just a farce. It's a false narrative. I can't stand it. Scored 21 points in the first quarter against Pitt. Scored 28 points in the second quarter against Pitt. Wow, I think that's the first time that uh, us being pissed off at something has led to you being pissed off about something. Which... Yeah, I'm not pissed at you, Crowley, or West Virginia. I'm, I'm just, pissed, oh, I'm just pissed no, at the Big 12. There's no difference. You pissed off at the Big 12, you're pissed off at Crowley. If you're pissed off at the Big 12, you're pissed off at West Virginia. If you're pissed off right. at West Virginia, yeah. you've pissed Crowley off. Yeah. Coming up next, hottest take of the day, Tom. Other crap, Tom. <laughs> and the three stars of the show, Tom. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. Love you, 970 ESPN. It's it's Adam a- Crowley, I think it is. He's a good guy. He really is. He's a good host. I enjoyed it, you know? And now we're talking about a weekly spot of the show. And I'm just telling Adam, I better be picked.
Freebies are up. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. I keep hearing about how the Big 12's not a great conference, getting smacked left and right by my friends here in the studio, Tom and Brian. Kellen walks in, says that Penn State's better because they're in the Big 10. Big 10, great conference. Yeah, great conference that didn't have a damn team in the playoff last year. Last I checked, Oklahoma was in there. What happened to Michigan State when they were in there a couple years ago? How'd that go? I think we can all save our conference judgment. Maybe the Big 12 gets left out this year, but the Big 10 was left out last year. And at the end of the week, we do challenges on this show. I know we're going to do a challenge. Oh. I'm going to challenge the show. I will challenge anybody who wants that West Virginia is going to win more football games than Penn State this year. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, West Virginia is going to win more football games than Penn State, and there will be a bet. We will find something to do. Are you just trying to piss people off? No, I'm being honest. And perhaps somewhat misguided by my love for West Virginia. But we're going to win more games. Yeah, that's right. We we are going to win more games at Penn State. It's West Virginia. It's West Virginia. The pride of every mountaineer. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. And the defensive numbers just look so bad because the offenses they're going up against are great. What's so hard to understand about that? Neil Huntington made what was a good trade getting Chris Archer and giving up three highly touted prospects, but it's turning into a bad trade the way that Chris Archer's pitched. Wouldn't it be ironic if after all these years of begging and goading Neil Huntington to get the big fish, to make the big play for a player, he does and then gets fired because the player doesn't play well enough. That would be outstanding. Not that I want to see him get fired. Although I did enjoy Neil Huntington's work in Lord of the Rings. That's the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Tiger Woods talked about Donald Trump and said, We must respect the office. Couldn't agree more. But only until Michael Scott leaves the show. Woo! Other crap. Refs called less helmet penalties in week number three of this football season. Finally, players are respecting the flags. Woo! Other crap. The Steelers' starting left guard returned to practice today. I don't want to see him get hurt anymore. Hopefully they foster him in. Woo! Other crap. It's been 612 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Pee Wee Herman. Ha! Ha! I love that story. It needs some work, Paul, but you're the leader in the clubhouse right now. I mean, Paul should have come stronger like, <laughs> I thought Paul was just going to be masturbating on the other side of the phone. Oh, no. Well, I'm sure he wasn't in a movie theater. Yeah. That's what I would do if I were doing my Pee Wee Herman impression. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Adam Crowley. Impression. Or Tom.
Tom, do your best Crowley impression. Go. Oh, my God. I love West Virginia so much. Will Greer, he's awesome. Yeah, I'll get on my knees for Will Greer. That's not bad. You got one? Yeah, I got one. Oh, my God. I'd love to make sweet love to Will Greer in the oh back God, of a big old Chevy truck. Just oh God, hearing well. West Virginia going over. Take me home. To Will Greer. In the back of my pickup. Take me home. Will Greer. In the butt. I think you nailed it. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. Oh, yes. Time to freak out, freak out. The Macho Man is here on the Adam Crowley Show. Elizabeth, hold my drink. Why don't you let me tell you something, brother? There ain't nothing more I want to see. This is seven is rock legends. Oh, yeah. But there's another thing you guys need to understand. I'm going to put my tag team partner, the immortal one himself, on here. Come here, Hulkster. Or let me tell you something, Adam. You see, when I was at the Pontiac Silverdome back in 1987, body slamming Andre the Giant, there's one thing more I ever wanted, and that was to be in the Adam Crowley show with you, my brother, and all my Hulkamaniacs around the world. And there ain't no one else going to win this contest more than the Mega Powers. So what you gonna do? Adam Crowley with Hulkamania and the Macho Man. Ooh, yeah. Run wild on you. Who let the dogs out? Show's over on Monday, which means one thing and one thing only. I'm one day closer to seeing Will Greer play football in the old golden blue again, baby. It's all I care about. Do you really care about preseason game number four? Oh shoot! You got to work it, dude. I got to do post game. Like, yeah, you have to pay attention. You can't. Uh, be so watching. yeah, you care. One day closer to Steelers Panthers. Dude, like this is my production. You got to pay attention to this game. You can't be watching West Virginia. One one more day closer to Steelers Panthers preseason game number four. They could fire me if you screw it up. Mike Pursuta on the show tomorrow. See you then.